New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. This is Ben Curtis, campus pastor at our Buchanan location, and today I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 through 27. I'll be reading from the New International Version. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what He promised us, eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from Him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it is taught you, remain in Him. So John begins with this sobering statement. He says, this is the last hour. And we know it's the last hour, he says, because many antichrists have come. Now, John is the only New Testament writer who actually uses this word antichrist. Uh, Jesus most likely talks about this person in Matthew 24, and we read again about the man of lawlessness in the letters to the Thessalonians. But uh, here the Antichrist probably refers to a specific person who is coming to proclaim himself to be Christ. And that's why John says the Antichrist is coming, as if he has someone specific in mind. But I think it's important to note in verse 22, John also wants us to understand that an Antichrist is anyone, really, who opposes God by claiming to be the Christ or by teaching that Jesus was not the Christ. So when we start hearing about, you know, the last days and we start hearing about Antichrists, uh, there's a temptation for some of us, I think, maybe to become fearful. I mean, after all, what if I'm deceived somehow by this Antichrist? And in these verses, you know, John's major encouragement to us is that the Holy Spirit, you know, that's who he's referring to, by the way, when he, when he uses the word anointing. He talks about the anointing. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. And so John wants to encourage us by telling us that the Holy Spirit is present in our lives. And because he's present, he's there to teach us the truth. And he is there also to protect us from evil. 
you know, as we, as we read other parts of Scripture, it's clear that the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us the moment we believe. In Ephesians chapter 1, 13 through 14, Paul says that He is the guarantee of our inheritance of salvation. In John 14, we're told that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. So He teaches us as we study the Word. He teaches us as we uh, hear messages through pastors or as we participate in Bible studies from our small group leaders and, and maybe as we even interact with, with just other friends in the body of Christ, uh, the Holy Spirit is working. He is teaching us. So we, we have the Holy Spirit and, and we don't need to be fearful. And then he tells them that they have the knowledge of the true gospel. Verse 21, John says that he writes to them not because they don't know the truth, but because they do know the truth. He's saying, guys, listen, you know this, and, and that's exactly why I'm writing you these things. You know that Jesus is the Christ. So anyone claiming that he's not the Christ, you can be sure he's a liar. You know, just don't listen to him. Don't follow him. The truth is not in that person. They're a false teacher. And so the great irony of these false teachers, these antichrists, John says, is that they claim to know the Father, but they deny the Son. And I love how he finishes in verse 27 because the way that we keep from being led astray really is found in those last three words. He says simply remain in him. So in other words, just keep holding on to the truth about Christ. I think sometimes we as Christians, we, we live in fear and we live in weakness because we simply don't rely on what we have. We have the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the unchanging Word of God that, that we heard from the beginning, and, and that's really what we're called to abide in. Now, to make this section a little bit more practical, I just wanted us to circle back to John's statement at the very beginning. Uh, he said that this is the last hour. You know, I got to thinking about that phrase. If John could write... This is the last hour, 2,000 years ago. What does that mean for us today? Uh, and three things came to mind I want to share with you to try to make this practical, to try to think through um, how should this thought of the last days impact our lives. You know, for starters, we should not be surprised when end time stuff is happening all around us. And yes, that's my well-thought-out theological term, end time stuff. Uh, we should not be shocked when we see our culture becoming more and more opposed to the gospel. I mean, think about why are we shocked when we hear, you know, in the news that uh, the government says that a student can't read her Bible in her free time at school. Why are we shocked when, when we see same-sex marriage being normalized uh, by our culture? Why are we shocked when we see graphic videos of, of Planned Parenthood describing the things that really they've been doing uh, in the abortion industry for over 40 years. Why are we so surprised when television sitcoms just come out mocking Christianity? You know, it should sadden us uh, to see these things, and certainly we should grieve over the brokenness of the world that we live in. But if we're living in the last days, as, as John says, these are the types of things that we should expect. And rather than, you know, just bemoaning our culture's decline, you know, I think this is an opportunity for us, this is an opportunity for the church to be salt and to be light to a lost and dying world. And the greater the darkness, the brighter the light shines in that darkness. And here's another thought, a second thought. If, if we're living in these last days, uh, we, should, we should not let ourselves get too attached to this world. Um, you know, for those of you that recently graduated, think about that class that you stressed about, you were so worried about that grade, and, and you know, think now that it's over, where's that stress out now? Uh, 
maybe you can think back a few years to the time when you were in high school. You know, you worried about just day and night. You wanted to be accepted about uh, by a certain group of people, and you know it mattered to you. And how much does that matter to you now, though? Or maybe some of the children who may be listening, you know, th- think about how a couple of Christmases ago there was that toy that you just wanted more than anything. And so I would ask, where is that toy right now? You know, it's probably at the top of your closet or it's in the yard sale pile. All of us can see now that that these things were temporal, but the problem is we just couldn't see it at the time. And that's why we need the Word of God. That's why we need the Holy Spirit to, to shine the Word of God, to shine that light into our lives every single day. Because in the moment, the temptation is always that we're blinded to what's really important. And ultimately, what's really important is not this world. John says this world is passing away. So if we are living in the the final hours, don't let yourself get too attached to the world. And then here's one more thought. If we're living in the last hour, then you and I should be preparing for the return of Jesus. Uh, See, what, what you and I really believe plays out in how we live our lives. If you ask me, Ben, do you believe Jesus could return at any moment? You know, of course I would say, yes, absolutely. But, you know, to be truthful, there have been times when my life, even in recent months, my life has said something different than that. You know, my life has said it's really not all that important for me to develop relationships with with my neighbors and to share the gospel with them. My life has, has said it's, it's really not that important that I pray for my coworkers. It's really not that important that I love and, and serve the least of these, the orphan, the widow, the, the persecuted Christian. And why is it not that important to us? Well, because at the functional level, we don't believe, really, that Jesus could return at any moment. So my final challenge to you um, through this text today, are you investing in this world which is passing away? Or are you investing in the new world, the kingdom of God? I want to pray for us. If you just take a minute and you can just continue on driving or whatever you're doing today, but I'm going to ask God to just be with us today. God, we want to to be men and women and children who are committed to remaining in the Holy Spirit and and to remaining in the word that, that we've heard and that we've known from the beginning of our faith. But Lord, everything in this world and everything in us screams to us to do the opposite. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who helps us by the power of your word to to be able to discern truth from error. And God, I pray that that our church would be marked by power, not our own, uh, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and that our lives would be changed and the lives of people around us would be changed because of your work through the person of Jesus. We thank you. You've called us to yourself and given us everything we need for life and godliness. And we just ask you to be with us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, we are so glad you've joined us today. We hope you'll tune in again tomorrow as Daniel Doss walks us through the next passage. God bless and have a great day. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.